0: So it is the first Sunday of 2022 and I have tried for a number of years to go through and to set aside the first Sunday for the church to be able to look back in praise for what God has done in the previous year and then also to look forward in discernment for where God is leading in the year ahead. And this year is going to be just a little bit different. I mean that Instead of us doing all of that on one Sunday, we're actually going to do it over the five Sundays of January. and It's all going to come together in one series entitled, Vision. Now, in case you all have not already noticed, we are in a new season here at Sherwood. Um, Pastor Michael retired in the spring of 2021 after 31 years of faithfully serving right here at Sherwood. Then God called our family in June of 2021 after 18 years of serving out in Las Vegas to come and to join in what God was doing right here at Sherwood. There's also been a number of other staff members serving now in different positions within the church and serving in different ministries in the church and some that are now serving in other churches. So to say there's been some transition in the last year is probably an understatement at this point. With so much of what God is doing and how things have happened so fast, I'm going to be honest. I still wake up shocked that we live in Georgia and serve at Sherwood now. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It feels like I went to sleep yesterday in Las Vegas and woke up in Georgia, and we've been here for six months, and it's hard for me to get my mind around. Sometimes new takes a little bit of time to sink in. So when there's been a lot of transition that happens in a short period of time, especially within the church, people have questions. And there's, it's natural questions that people have. Questions like how are things going to be different and what is God doing and how are things going to move forward from this point point?" and will the vision be the same, will the focus be the same, where did the pastor get so many good-looking pairs of shoes? It's, it's, it's all... <laughs> It's standard questions that anyone would have, and so there's been a lot of people that have actually come and they've asked their questions to me, and my answer has been the same constantly. Here's how I keep answering people. I'm taking my time to ask a lot of questions, to pray, to evaluate the ministries of Sherwood, and to seek God's heart for the future of his church. That's what my, my answer has been. So along the way, some people, they didn't really want that answer. Here's what they wanted. They wanted me to say from day one, here is God's vision for this church. Here's a, a spreadsheet of all the challenges we're going to face in the next 20 years with the answers included. And by the way, here's the cure for cancer, day one. That's, that's what people were looking for. And I don't know what your walk with God looks like, but mine is not at that level yet. Mine is one of a process. In fact, the only way I can probably describe it is a methodical process of walking with God, seeking his heart along the way. So for six months, I have been asking questions. I've been praying. I've been talking to people. We've been praying. Been going into the word, coming out and praying. I've been writing down different themes that seems like God keeps popping up and then pray over those themes. I sit down and I seek wisdom from people who have been here for a longer period of time and I ask them, what do you see? What is God doing right now that seems so unique, so timely, so on point at this point in the life of the church? And all along the way, I'm just processing these different things with God. So the series that we're starting today is one that is now birthed out of six months of questions and processing and praying and just seeking God's heart on this church. Now, if you are a member or a regular tender here at Sherwood, I am going to encourage you to be with us on every single Sunday in this series. This is our story. This is our future this is what God is working into the life of the church right now. If you're a guest with us this morning, first, welcome. It's good to have you. Second part of that is you picked a wonderful time to come in to check out Sherwood. And the reason I say that is because A lot of times you can, if you're looking for a church home, you can go into a church and spend months or even years trying to figure out, like, what is God doing in this place? And where is God leading? And what is the heartbeat of the leadership of the church? And for that matter, how can I be involved in what God is doing here? Sometimes it can be months, years, if you ever find it at all. We're going to cover all of that and then some over the course of this series. It's a great time for you to be in the house of God today. So each week of our vision series, we're going to take another step towards God's vision for Sherwood. And that is key. It has to be his vision. It has to be. In fact, vision has been defined as a picture of your preferred future. Well, in this context, we don't need a picture of our preferred future. You don't need a picture of Paul's preferred future. We need a picture of God's preferred future for this church. So to do that, we're going to ask five different questions. There's going to be one question per week starting this morning going all the way through the end of January. And here's the questions that we're going to be asking. First one, what has God done? That's what we're going to focus on today. Then what is God's heart before we start talking about this is where he's leading, we have to understand his heart. The next one is where is God leading? Then how can we join him? And finally, what is kingdom success? From the very, very beginning, I am going to boldly and bluntly ask you to pray with me through this series. I need your prayers. We need to be united in this. It has to be something that is we as a, church body hear from God, I'm praying that God's going to do three things, that he brings clarity, that he brings unity, and that he brings synergy. And what I mean by that is that all of the ministries, the resources, the giftings, the, the people on staff, everything that's going on, it is moving towards the same direction. It is moving towards God's plan for the future of this church. Now, in case you didn't already know what I'm pretty excited about today. I am excited about the series. I am excited about a new year. I don't know if you're like me, but if you're a goal setter, like first Sunday of a brand new year, it's like heaven. It's like wonderful. We get a new year, new challenges, new opportunities. I am excited about what God has for us today. So before we go any further, let's take a moment and pray over where we're going. Heavenly Father, from the very beginning, of all that is taking place, not only today, but also in the future of Sherwood. God, we want to clearly come before you and just seek your heart in this. God, position our hearts so that we can clearly hear from you. God, we don't want our plans, we don't want our agenda. We want to hear from you and we want to be used by you for the furtherance of your kingdom, both here in Albany the southwest part of Georgia and all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to begin this morning by reading a handful of passages, all of which have some part that we are supposed to remember. And if our first question that we're dealing with is what has God done, it only stands to reason that there's going to be some things that we need to remember. We're looking back and we're saying, what has God done? Reflecting on what God has done. So here's a number of passages. The first is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10. It says, remember the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, assemble the people to me that I may let them hear my word so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth. Here's the second passage, Deuteronomy 5, 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years. First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember his wonderful deeds which he has done, his marvels and the judgments from his mouth. In Joshua chapter 4, God commanded his people to leave two piles of stones so that they would remember all that he did at the Jordan River. And then finally, in Luke chapter 22, Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Over and over, God's people are told to remember things. This idea of remember. Along the way, it's so prevalent. There's over 225 times in your Bible that God says, remember this, remember what I did, remember what I taught, remember the lessons that you learned. It, remembering is a part of the Christian experience. Now, among other things, God wants his people to remember where he found them, how he delivered them, the way he led them, and the opportunities that he gave them. He wants his people to remember the times that he called them to himself and the blessings that he bestowed and the lessons that he taught as well as the sacrifices that he made. Now, if we take the time to remember and to reflect upon these things, it will naturally lead us into periods of gratefulness and praise. It's going to happen. But here's the other part of that. It will also develop in us a settled conviction that our story is inextricably linked to his. That is crucial. Why, Why is that so important? Because we have no story worth telling apart from God's story. We have no accomplishment that is worth celebrating apart from what he has led and enabled us to do. Everything that we find dear, all that we find worthy, anything that we want our names and our lives to be connected to, it is only good because it is from him. So as we walk down memory lane and we look back at the history of Sherwood this morning, here's the thing I want to avoid at all costs. I want to avoid any prideful arrogance that stems up in our heart where we say, look at what we've done. That is the death gargle of moving forward in vision. It should be as we tell the story and we reflect on the, what he has done, all it should do is make us overwhelmed with this thought. Our God is glorious. He is big. Our God is unfathomable. He is sovereign. He's all-powerful. It should overwhelm us with all that our God can do. So as we walk our way through this, I want to both frame the conversation and focus the conversation with three different statements and three key concepts. So as we walk through, I've got three statements that I'm wanting to kind of be different types of barriers that are framing out how we're walking through it. So statement number one, it's in your notes. God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. Key concept is preparation. At every stage of life, the introspective believer can look back and notice that God has not wasted anything. He's used it all. He's used the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, the back and the forth. He has used it. Here's another way of saying it. Had you not gone through what you went through, you would not know what you know today about God. He's used it all. So a part of this is preparation. And we're asking the question here, how has God been preparing us in the past for what he has prepared for us in the future? So, as you remember, also think about statement number two, to whom much is given is much required. Jesus taught that truth in Luke's gospel, chapter 12, verse 48. The key concept there is stewardship. Stewardship. Stewardship always accompanies God's provision. So as we remember God's provision, as we remember the blessings that he has given, as we remember the opportunities that he has now made available to this church, all along the way, we should process that information through a lens of stewardship. That is, God, based on all that you have provided, how do we steward it well, moving forward. When you see what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, there is responsibility that comes with God's provision. He says, Is much required. To whom much is given, is much required. There is responsibility that comes with His stewardship. So, also, as we remember what God has done, I want you to think about statement number three. God directs those who trust and submit to him. A passage that I have prayed over my girls since before they were born is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. He will direct your paths We also find over in Proverbs 16, it tells us that God establishes our steps. We find over in Psalm 32 that God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. So our job is not, in the month of January, to dream big dreams, to get excited about things, to go plaster all of that on the side of a banner and then throw it up against the wall of the church and hope it sticks. That's not what we're called to do. Here's what we are called to do. We are called to walk close and clean before God, to submit everything before him, trusting that his way is always best, and then walk in obedience as God directs our step. That's what we're supposed to do. So three concepts, preparation, stewardship, direction. Preparation, stewardship, direction. Preparation, stewardship, direction. So now three questions with that. How has God prepared us? What are we stewarding for his kingdom? And where is he directing or leading from here? At the very end, we're going to come back and we're going to ask all of those questions after you hear, let me, let me be very clear, a brief, really brief, seven to ten minute brief history of what God has done at Sherwood. I could preach a month of Sundays on what God has done at Sherwood and still not cover everything that God has done. So along the way, I'm going to give some of the major points along the way. And I'm doing this in a very brief format because I want people to hear, at least in some way, the magnitude of what God has done at this church within its history. So all of that being said, the story of Sherwood starts back in the mid-1950s. 1955, a group of believers from First Baptist Albany recognized a need for a church in Northwest Albany. They established the First Baptist Church Mission meeting for Sunday school out at the U.S. Army Reserve Building. A year later, they were gifted over six acres of land right here on Whispering Pines. Now, here's a part of the story that I was kind of given this morning that I thought was absolutely incredible. That is, I was kind of sharing some of this, and Jim McBride said it's also important to see that at that particular point there was another piece of land that the church was talking about purchasing out on 3rd Avenue. And it was a smaller piece. It was one that was not as conducive to growth along the way. And they tabled the conversation for two weeks to pray about things And it was in that time that God gifted through one individual the piece of property you're on right here. What does that tell us? God's activity is preceded in prayer. Praise God that back in 1955, 1956, there was a group of believers who just didn't say, let's just go do it. Instead, they stopped and they prayed over God's activity moving forward. So within... A year, 309 charter members entered into the Mallory Baptist Association, and Sherwood Baptist Church was born. When I was reading over the history of Sherwood, I was stunned by the next thing that I read. In 1958, less than three years after that first initial meeting, Sherwood built a 750-seat educational building. Do you know how much faith it takes To be three years into a church plant and to build a 750-seat education building in Albany, Georgia, do you know how much faith that takes? It's incredible. Also, in 1961, six years after its first meeting, Sherwood sponsored its own mission with Radium Springs Baptist Church in East Albany. Less than 5% of all churches will ever reproduce. Think of where the world population would be right now if less than 5% of married couples decided to have children. So here's the reason I bring that up. Within the first six years, Sherwood put down roots in the community and Sherwood stepped out on mission with God. Within the first six years. Now a lot of times, there's a lot of attention that's given to the last 10, 15, 20 years, but all I can say is those 10 to 15 years starting Sherwood has been preparing the soil all along the way for where the church is today. So in the 1970s and 80s, we saw more construction. Sherwood built a 1,000-seat sanctuary with classroom space and other amenities. The church started radio and TV broadcast. opened up Sherwood Baptist Church School. It was recognized by the Georgia Baptist Convention as being in the top 1% of all Baptist churches in the state of Georgia for evangelism, as well as for baptism, a distinction that Sherwood still holds to this day. The 1990s, they were termed, get this, a decade of destiny. Boy, that's a snazzy title right there. By the way, I have come to the conclusion there has not been a decade in this church's history that there's not been a building campaign going on around here. And they all had great titles, but I like me the decade of destiny here. So the church leaders introduced initiatives to carry the church into the 21st century. Plans included a Christian life ministry team, ministry to widows, training for decision counselors, an intercessory prayer ministry, and a long-term or long-range planning committee. The 1990s also saw more construction. A prayer chapel was built. Within eight months, 605 prayer warriors were using the facilities and had completed 3,473 hours of prayer. If you think we are where we are today because people just did worship services on Sunday, you're mistaken. The activity of God has been bathed in prayer. It was in the 90s that the Alpha Crisis Pregnancy Center opened, that Sherwood sheltered 250 evacuees from the floods of 94, coordinating 5,400 workers from 21 states. That's also the time that SCA expanded through 12th grade, purchasing the Riverview Academy property. It's also in the 90s that the Awana, as well as the Upward Sports Ministry, began. Initial steps were made to overcome racial barriers and to bring about unity within the city. And after 40 days of prayer, the leadership unanimously recommended another major growth initiative including a 2,250 seat worship center and a 300 seat chapel to provide for, here it is, future generations. Guess what? We are the future generations. You're in that 2,250 seat worship center. It should also not be a surprise that in the 90s Church growth today recognized Sherwood as one of the 200 fastest growing churches in North America. That distinction placed Sherwood in the top 1% of 400,000 churches in North America. The first decade of the 2000s, Sherwood moved into this worship center produced its first original worship album, and also Sherwood Pictures produced its first major motion picture with Flywheel. It then released three other box office hits afterwards, Facing the Giants, Fireproof, and Courageous. Afterwards, the Kendrick brothers also released War Room, and Overcomer and Show Me the Father. With conservative numbers, and I got these this last week, conservative numbers, these movies have now been viewed by between 200 to 300 million people in 76 countries around the world. Amen. And if that's not enough God activity for you in a decade, I've got more. It's also in the 2000s, early 2000s, that the Refresh conferences began reaching thousands of pastors and encouraging them. Another worship album was released. The sports park was completed. Sherwood also helped plant churches in San Francisco and Baltimore. In the 2010s, Sherwood was gifted the coke plant for local outreach and mission opportunities. After 21 days of prayer, take note, after all of these moments along the way, after 21 days of prayer, Sherwood began the Meet the Need campaign, focusing on adopting unreached and unengaged people groups around the world, planting more church churches expanding refresh conferences giving over a million dollars to missions expanding local ministry outreaches renovating and expanding sca and updating the buildings for again the next generation oh by the way three more worship albums were released one by the student ministry the alpha pregnancy center expanded to four facilities in southwest georgia and the coke plant was renamed the hope center It's also in the 2010s that this area was hit by a major tornado, Hurricane Michael, and some other major storms that caused a lot of flooding and damage. It's during this time that Sherwood begins to partner with Samaritan's Purse in order to bring disaster relief throughout this area. The Hope Center served as the hub for organizing countless volunteers To work on clearing debris repairing roofs and fences feeding workers and displaced families distributing water and food to damaged areas and collecting donations for the community from around the country by the way god is preparing you for what he has prepared for you the coke plant came in advance of the storms there's now the hub that is needed for the activity of god to continue to move forward In the 2020s, Albany became a national hotspot for COVID-19 activity. Once again, Sherwood quickly mobilized to meet needs of food distribution, medical supplies, and spiritual encouragement within the community. In 2021, Sherwood celebrated the final service of Pastor Michael Catt after 31 years of faithful service here. Michael was only the fifth pastor in Sherwood's history. He was preceded by Albert Cardwell. Law Mobley, Curtis Burge, and Billy Smith. And as of this last June, God has blessed my family and I for the opportunity for me to serve as the sixth pastor here at Sherwood. Amen. Amen. Now I know, I know that is a lot of information. And I also recognize that is a brief, really, really brief, overview of what God has done but I wanted for at least a moment before we take another step further for us to be reminded of how big our God is to be reminded of the principles and the lessons that he's been teaching all along the way so as I was reading through the archives and just a bit of the church history part of my counseling background came out As being in pastoral ministry for the last 23 years and also a lot of that counseling, one of the things I've learned along the way is I begin to look for what are the themes that keep popping up. When somebody shares information with me, I want to be listening with an ear of what are the themes that they keep saying over and over again. And after reading through this, there's some themes that began to pop out along the way. Here's one of those themes emphasis on prayer before major decisions, before major movements of God. That is a theme that has happened here in Sherwood's history. Another theme is each generation laying the foundation for the next generations. That's a theme that's happened. Do you know how amazing that is that there are generations that you can go back and look at in the history of this church that each one was saying it's not about us, it's about the next group that's coming? Do you know how amazing that is? Here's another theme. Investing in the kingdom of God through church planting, missions, encouraging pastors, strengthening churches. That is a theme that is constantly in the history. Here's one. Consistently serving the community in tangible ways, especially at points of major crisis. Here's another one. Extravagant generosity. Generosity. Ministry excellence, adaptability in strategic planning. Here's another one. Developing a culture that values Christian education and worship and the proclamation of God's word. And the final theme that I would share is using innovative strategies to do whatever is necessary to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If that means radio, TV, Movies, social media, worship services, church planting, mission endeavors. It really doesn't matter. The goal is how do we reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So those are consistent themes in Sherwood's history. They're not flashes in the pan. They're not one and dones. It's themes, it's patterns that we can go back and say it happened here, it happened again in that year, it happened again ten years later, it happened again in the next subsequent generation. Each along the way is leading us to where we are at this point. Let this thought sink in. We are the people in the room today. We are the ones who are being entrusted with the mission of reaching this generation and the next generation for Christ. We are the ones that when they were paving the way before, we get a chance to be the beneficiaries of their work, of their sacrifice, of their resources. Go back again to our questions and our statements. God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. By the way, let me pause here for a moment. Don't think it is a coincidence at all that I spent my last 18 years in church planting in Las Vegas. Don't think it's a coincidence at all that God has wired me with a missionary mindset. Just as much as God was preparing Sherwood for this moment, he's been preparing me in this moment as well. And the reason I bring that up is because there's something unique in what God has been doing. I can only describe it like this. I get glimpses, flashes at some moments along the way of what God can be doing in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years down the road. And I can't see all the pictures, and I don't know all the connections of how we get from here to there at this moment. But here's what I know. As I walk close and clean before God, as we faithfully submit and trust him along the way, God has a way of making things clear in his timing. God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. Another one, to whom much is given is much required. Next statement. God directs those who trust and submit to him. Preparation, stewardship, direction. So here's my questions. How has God prepared us? What has God been doing in 65 years of history in this church, preparing us for the moment that we're stepping into right now? What are we stewarding for his kingdom? Now, think about it like this. Think facilities, think opportunities, think ministries, think about resources and gifting and people and time. Think about influence and position and context and city. Think of those different things. What are we stewarding at this moment that God's saying, leverage that for my kingdom endeavors? Next one. Where is God directing or leading us from here? God did not do everything that he has done for us to say, we're just going to have worship services on Sunday now. God didn't do everything that he has done for us to now say, thank you, we'll figure it out from here. God has not done everything that he has done for us at this moment to say, We don't need his wisdom for the next step. And by the way, we are just as in need of God today as what the original group was 65 years ago. Need is a great motivator. In the initial days, here's what they needed facilities, they needed people, they needed opportunity, they needed open doors god continued to provide those along the way now that god's provided those here's what we need we need god's wisdom his discernment how do we leverage it how do we maintain it where do we go from here how do you reach a changing generation how do we use the resources he's given in the most strategic and biblical way possible we are just as in need today as what the group was when they started we just have more amenities to work with God has not done everything that he has done for this church to pull back from the mission, but rather to lean in further. Did you know that over 40% of our world's population has still never heard the name Jesus? Over 40% of our world's population does not have the Bible in their language. Over 40% of our world's population if they decided to go to church this morning there would not be a recognized church in their entire region. Over 40%. Did you know there was enough gifting and enough resources and enough, here it is, Holy Ghost power in this room now to turn the world upside down for the cause of Christ. We're not... In a position of saying, how, how how do we reach out from here? God has been preparing us, sowing in seeds all along the way so that at this point, it's now this group. And he was like, now let's take it further than what you are at this point. The question will be, will we trust and submit to him? Will we walk forward in obedience? Will we steward the resources well? Here it is. Will we keep our yes on the table for another 65 years? This is just me talking. This is just me. I don't know if God is going to leave me on this earth for another 40 years or another 40 minutes. But here's what I know. Whatever amount of time God gives me, I want it to be used in faithfully serving him. Whatever that looks like. As I have prayed and processed through six months of questions and information and evaluation, here's the one thing that I absolutely know for sure at this point. This is going to be a very vulnerable part for me. My prayer life is woefully inadequate for the task before us. Here's what I mean by that. I don't want to lead out of my best wisdom. I need to hear from God. I don't want to preach in my best understanding. I want to preach constantly under the anointing of God's spirits. I don't want to be in a place where I look back and I say, I'm just going to warm up something that God did 10 years ago, and we're going to try it again here. I, I need to hear from God. I need to discern along the way. I need for this church body to join me in prayer because apart from us being on our face before God and saying, God, we need you. God, we are dependent upon you. God, use us for your sake and for your glory. God, don't let us get in the way of what you have going on. God, keep us biblical, keep us accurate, but at the same time, God, don't let us miss a moment of what you have in store for us. Unless that is our heart, here's what happens. You just go through the motions saying, let's just do church. Listen, I am too old to just do church. Church. I am too concerned to sit and do nothing. And I am too changed to ever go back to where I was. What does that mean? I don't know other than to say, I'm in. Whatever that looks like, I'm in. I'm saying, God, I need you. I desperately need you to bring these pieces in this month. Clarity, unity, synergy. God, I need you right now to give wisdom, to give understanding, to give insight. God, I need you to be working in our pastoral team. God, I need you all along the way so that there's another generation of leaders stepping up and saying, I am willing to serve to reach the next generation for Christ. I need God in order to do everything. In fact, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Tell us how we're not in a place of dependence right now. So here's how, the only way I know how to close this. Before every major movement of God in this church, God's people got together and prayed. That's what I'm asking this morning. I'm asking you not only to join me in prayer for the month of January, I'm asking you this morning to join me in prayer. So I'm going to ask you if you would stand wherever you are right now, Stand where you're at. I'm going to ask, there might be some people that would be willing to join me up at the front. And just as a sign of unity that we are dependent upon God, maybe you want to come join up at the front. You might not be able to join up at the front, but maybe wherever you might be, just either sit or be in a spirit of prayer where you're at. We are in need of God's hand upon our church. We are in need of God's wisdom in moving forward. So I'm I'm asking in prayer, wherever you might be, join us in prayer. I'm going to give people a moment as some are coming down from the balcony right now. I'm asking not only today, but in the months ahead, may our hearts be as desperate as a group of missionaries looking out and seeing a mission field for the first time. I'm praying that God is going to use the people in this room right now in order to be agents of change, people of peace in this community. I am praying that God is going to use this group to impact eternity for his sake and glory. So wherever you're at right now, join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we need you. There is nothing about the story of Sherwood that removes us from a position of dependence at every point along the way as you entrust more there's a greater level of stewardship that comes with that god may we be mindful of it lord i'm praying as pastor michael had prayed so many years before as the leadership of this church had prayed for so many years before god bring awakening bring revival God, use this church in order to reach the next generation. Lord, we are dependent upon you. God, I am praying that the gifting that is in this room right now, Lord, give people fresh eyes for the gifts that you've given them. There's a lot of gifts that have been sitting idle on seats where people think, I've already done that in my past I I now need to hand that off to somebody else. God, I pray that you would begin to bring about a fire in the hearts of those that are here. That as long as there's breath in our bodies, and as long as there's people to be one for the cause of Christ, that there's still work that has to happen. God, would you do it? Lord, I pray right now for those that are in this room, for those that are watching online, Lord, would you do something fresh in our hearts that every day we're seeing you in new ways, that we're getting to know you more. God, place your vision, your heart for your church inside of your people. And God, we'll be careful to praise you. We are only here because of what you've done. So Lord, may you be glorified every way possible in Jesus name amen amen you all take a moment if you need to go back to your seats I I know that we did things a little bit different but is there a worship song that you might be able to lead us in at this time I know I just told him just kind of play softly in the background but there's moments along the way that might be a time of worship.